0: Hello and welcome, Misty's, to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries, for our, and hopefully your amusement. I am that mysterious sound of a host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Sexy. Um, and mysterious, right? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, I'm just here to amuse you. Thank
1: you. Well,
0: good. And speaking of amusing, hey, Goldie Ann. What spot is the deepest part of the ocean?
1: 42. I was ready for you this time.
0: You were ready for me, but you were wrong. The deepest part of the ocean? The bottom. Jesus. God. Oh, my God.
1: (sighs) Somebody. (laughs) I don't even
0: know what to say. And the podcast gets religious. (laughs) As our podcast is continuing to grow, we are looking for ways to expand what we provide. We would appreciate any ideas or suggestions our listeners have. We're coming on to the new year, so we have a lot of plans that we're trying to enact. We want to start doing interviews. We want to start doing on-site visits to awesome. some of the yes. locations.
1: That's so, what I want.
0: Do you have any particular in mind?
1: Um, why do we need to start here in Florida? I mean, I really like starting georgia
0: somewhere
1: in savannah i really want to go to savannah i hear there's a lot of good haunted house
0: houses there well for our listeners if you have any ideas or suggestions of people we should interview or places we should go um, please contact us on our various social media projects or email at within the miss podcast at gmail.com As a disclaimer, today's episode contains stories of gigantic sea monsters that some members of the audience might find a bit unsettling.
1: And others really super cool.
0: Yes, so please be forewarned. We are storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. We don't attempt to scare our listeners on purpose. Well, maybe a little. Listener discretion is always advised. So now, let's take a walk within the mist. In 1997, an ultra-low-frequency, high-amplitude underwater sound was detected by the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, also known as NOAA, N-O-A-A. This sound led many to theorize that there was a massive underwater creature, more massive than anything ever before seen existing in the deepest regions of the oceans and under the ice of the Arctic. Today, we are going to discuss the bloop. Bloop. Sorry. (laughs) No problem. really
1: hard not to say.
0: Now, normally we would talk about a description of the creature, but since the creature had never been seen, we basically know what the creature sounds like.
1: What if it's the Meg?
0: This creature is even larger than the Meg, and we'll go into size comparisons. So, if for... Let's go ahead and describe what the bloop is. Okay. I'm going to play a sound for you, and this is what led many people to start theorizing the creature exists. Ready? Okay. 1 the noaa sounds the national oceanic and atmospheric administration noaa is a self-proclaimed agency that enriches lives through science their reach goes from the surface of the sun to the depths of the ocean floor as they work to keep the public informed of the changing environment around them their organization does daily weather forecasts severe storm warnings and climate monitoring to fisheries management coastal restorations and supporting marine commerce. Their dedicated scientists use cutting edge research and high tech instrumentation to provide citizens, planners, emergency managers, and other decision makers with the reliable information they need when they need it. So they're an information gathering organization and researchers that provide provide data to people who make decisions on keeping things safe and to protect the environment.
1: Right, of course you know here in Florida, we use it June 1st through December
0: 1st. For all of the hurricanes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I trust NOAA, I trust them you know, wholeheartedly.
0: Well good, because it's their mission to better understand the natural world and to help protect its precious resources. Extending beyond national borders to monitor global weather and climate and work with partners around the world. One of their primary projects was the ocean exploration of unknown or poorly known areas of deep ocean. They make discoveries of scientific, economic, and cultural value. They do this by providing live video, data streams, online coverage, training opportunities, and events. Basically, NOAA is an open book because they allow scientists, students, and members of the general public to actively experience ocean exploration. So, to better understand our ocean, their office makes all their data available to the public. To accomplish part of this goal was a project to utilize hydrophones to listen for undersea volcanoes, not radar. Just as a microphone collects sound in the air, a hydrophone detects acoustic signals under the water using small voltage signals. So it's basically like these two microphones that we have in front of us, there's underwater versions of these that they could place into the deepest part of the oceans to listen to uh, small voltage signals that that travel through the water and picks up acoustic sounds. Okay. So it's basically noise. Someone's speaking into the microphone by amplifying and recording these signals, hydrophones measure ocean sounds with great precision. Now, while one single hydrophone can record sounds from any direction, several hydrophones simultaneously positioned in an array often thousands of miles apart result in signals with greater sensitivity than a single device. Oh, wow! And the wow factor got even larger because in 1997, researchers were listening for underwater volcanoes. They were listening for activity in the Southern Pacific, utilizing an array of these hydrophones that were placed more than 3,219 kilometers apart across the Pacific Ocean. The hydrophones recorded a strange, powerful, and extremely loud noise. They recorded numerous instances of this same noise, which was unlike anything they had ever heard before. Not only was it loud, but the sound had a unique characteristic that came to be known as the bloop. And that's the sound that I played for you. So that's something that they heard through a microphone or a hydrophone.
1: Because I mean, what I heard didn't sound like an animal or anything. I mean, it was just like a thump thumping.
0: Noah kind of takes those sounds at first took those sounds and they match up with biologicals, breathing and whale songs. Okay. Scientists from the Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratory were eager to discover the ocean's origin. But with about 95% of the ocean unexplored, theories abounded and no definitive answers. Was the bloop from a secret underwater military exercise? Noises from a ship's engine? Fishing boat wenches? Giant squid? whales or some sea creature unknown to science as the years passed researchers continued to deploy hydrophones ever closer to antarctica in an ongoing effort to study the sounds of the seafloor volcanoes and earthquakes and it was there in the antarctica on earth's loneliest southernmost landmass that they finally discovered the source of those thunderous rumbles from deep in 2005 their theory the bloop was the sound of an ice quake.
1: Ice quake.
0: Yes, that's an iceberg that is cracking and breaking away from the Antarctic glacier. With global warming, more and more ice quakes occur annually, breaking off of glaciers, cracking, and eventually melting into the ocean. Okay. Yeah. So, so those sounds that you heard were basically ice breaking off from the Antarctica and then melting in the ocean. So the most accepted explanation for the bloop now is that it was caused by a natural phenomenon. It is not part of an enormous sea creature living in the deepest part of the oceans, but merely melting ice. Okay. So thank you for coming, and goodbye.
1: I was going to say, question, um, if that was it, we wouldn't be doing this tonight. So <laughs> where's the rest of the story, Paul Harvey?
0: Okay, well, that would be the end of the story, but this is our podcast. And we don't have to end the story there with the most scientific explanations. We get to do what we want to do. Okay. So here, we can continue exploring the theories and the other possibilities to get more out of the story of the blue. Okay. So chapter two, sea monsters.
1: Mm. We're not the only ones doing this though, right? What do you mean? Exploring it, not leaving it to scientific.
0: Well, I'm sure there's been a lot of theories that are still accepted, and we're going to go in through each of those. Ancient legends of sea monsters have existed as long as men have sailed the ocean blue. What they saw would be relayed in ship logs and passed on to other ships as warnings. The 16th and 17th century included drawings of creatures that were more than playful illustrations. Cartographers drew sea monsters to educate about what could be found in the oceans. Cartographers viewed these as scientific, authoritative books. The sea monsters drawn on maps were an effort on the part of the cartographers to be accurate in the depiction of what they saw living in the oceans. Of the most well-known sea monsters have passed down through history with a large population that still supports a strong belief in them. First is the Kraken which is a legendary sea monster of gigantic size and squid-like appearance, dwelling off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, and terrorizes nearby sailors.
1: Release the Kraken!
0: Authors over the years have postulated that the legend may have originated from sightings of giant squids that can grow fifty feet in length. Or bloops. Exactly. The sheer size and fearsome appearance attributed to the Kraken have made it a common ocean-dwelling monster in various fictional works, but there were many ocean sightings of creatures similar to that. It has been listed as the cause for many shipwrecks in documentation and is the focus of many sailors throughout the centuries. The Kraken has been a staple of sailor superstition and mythos throughout the years. A second sea monster that has been gone going throughout history is the Leviathan. The Leviathan is an enormous sea serpent noted in theology and mythology. It is referenced in several books of the Bible including Psalms, the book of Job, the book of Isaiah, and the book of Amos. It is also mentioned in the book of Enoch. The Leviathan is often an embodiment of chaos and threatening to eat the damned after life. For sailors, the mighty whales supported beliefs in the Leviathan, as the size of whales could make the tiny sailing crafts of ancient times seem so tiny. With one bite, the Leviathan could crush them and send them to the ocean bottom. Sightings of mighty Leviathans would be reported in many journals to be documented for history. Now whether these were actual whales or something else remained to be seen sailors were presented with dangers every day on the oceans they depended on their knowledge of the weather and the operation of their sailing craft and they had to know what kind of creatures existed all around them dangers were always taken seriously so why shouldn't dangers of enormous sea monsters also be taken just as seriously
1: true yeah i haven't heard a lot about the leviathan lately
0: well as more and more research is being done and we are learning a little bit about the ocean We are starting to discover, you know, many of the documented reports from sailors of ancient times about sea monsters like the Kraken and Leviathan don't hold true anymore.
1: Right. They make really good stories, though. It's like everybody talks about the Kraken. Everybody talks about uh, Nessie. You know, no one ever talks about Leviathan.
0: Well, I think it's because he falls more into a religious background and people try to avoid religion as a discussion.
1: True moving
0: on well (laughs) so (laughs) although scientists and researchers believe that they know the source of the bloop sound the ocean does hold many other mysterious underwater sounds that have continued to baffle us so just because they think they know the answer of what the bloop is doesn't mean they know what all the sounds are and some of these help support that the bloop is a giant sea monster so what we're gonna do is chapter three Sounds from the deep.
1: Ooh, it's going to be fun.
0: So what I did is I collected some of the most mysterious and creepy noises from underwater the ocean. First, we have the Rosby whistle. This strange noise was captured by a scientist in June of 2016, and it came from the bottom of the Caribbean Sea. It is on a frequency too low for human ears to hear it. Yet it is so powerful that it can be detected in outer space.
1: Wow, what?
0: The reason is, is because the way the planet's gravity oscillates around noise doesn't slow down the Rosby whistle. It travels through the water and into the air and then into the utmost atmosphere without gravity breaking up the signal.
1: So he says too high or too low?
0: Too low. Now, scientists first discovered the Rosby whistle while conducting a 60-year study on sea level and oceanic pressure. British scientists realized that something was strange when they picked up waves of sea pressure in the Caribbean Basin. The whistle was carried along the sea current, and it initially disappeared at the edge of the Caribbean Basin, only to return on the opposite eastern edge three months later. So we We have have a signal that that comes and goes. goes. and I have the sound so that I can play that for you and you can actually tell me what you think of the Rosby whistle. Okay.
1: Yeah, it sounds like music. It's funny, I was was waiting for a sound, but then I realized I was listening to the sound. Mm -hmm. It sounds like music. That's exactly.
0: Weird. Well, like I said, they call it a whistle. Okay. So it's kind of a whistle that they don't know exactly what causes it. Hmm. So could there be something that travels and migrates every three months through the Caribbean Ocean that creates this whistle-type sound as it swims through? Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Now, this has been proved that the sound continues to travel th- rhythmically through the Caribbean, and, but it is 30 octaves below a piano, so people cannot hear it. But it's available in outer space for anything or anyone to listen to. So is something creating noise from the bottom of the ocean to project to outer space? We don't know. <laughs> Come pick
1: me up, there's no intelligent life down here.
0: Exactly. And the Caribbean also is home for the uh, Bermuda Triangle.
1: Ooh, we need to do something on that. I was okay. fascinated by that when I was a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, our next sound is called the ping. Fishermen and hunters have made claims that the underwater noise, now called the ping, has been scaring away wildlife in the area of the Canadian Arctic in the territory of Nanavet near Greenland. It is believed that this sound originated from the seafloor in Hecla and Fury Strait, but its actual source has been undiscovered by scientists, though there are many theories as to as to what's causing the sound chief among them is submarine sonar local sportsmen have recorded the sound which they describe as a ping hum or beep and it seems to have an adverse effect on wildlife ufo researchers have tossed in their own theory that the sound might be caused by an unidentified submerged object a uso
1: a uso
0: Mm-hmm. that's the term uh, think for a moment the abyss the movie the abyss how there was a spaceship at the bottom of the mariana trench well that's a uso an under unidentified submerged object is the oh, term submerged, object. Okay. submerged.
1: trying to figure it out
0: all right so i'm going to play for you the ping Where's that at? That's in Upper Canada. And supposedly it is scaring off animals and fish in the area. Oh, yeah? But they don't know what is causing it.
1: Is it all the time?
0: Uh, No, it comes and goes. In fact, a lot of the scientists, when they go up there to try and capture the sound, aren't able to. It's usually sailors and fishermen are the ones that pick up the sound, and they're the ones that recorded that that we just heard. Okay, the next sound we have is called the world's loneliest whale it has been well documented that whales and other sea mammals have created their own highly specialized unique languages and songs which are utilized between individuals pods and entire species one recorded whale song however may belong to a 52 hertz whale a single lonely whale discovered in 1989 And it is the only one known to emit its whale song at this frequency it is said to have a migration period like that of a blue whale or a fin whale but the actual creature has not been located or identified scientists have postulated that this solitary denizen of the ocean may either be a whale that is disfigured or injured this abnormality would be responsible for causing it to sing at the wrong frequencies other theories suggest that it may be a hybrid between two different whale species. Between 1989 and 1992, the animal's frequency deepened from 52 hertz to 49 hertz, suggesting that the poor whale was aging. So I'm going to play you the sounds that they believe belongs to the world's lo- loneliest whale. So there we have other sounds that they believe belongs to a whale, but it only occurs in one time and it seems to be migrating just like a blue whale would. If it is a known species of whale that calls at this wrong frequency, it is unlikely that it can communicate with the members of its own species. Despite that, it has survived for nearly 30 years on its own since its discovery
1: was last time it? they've
0: heard it? Um, they've been hearing it off and on frequently. Um, basically, the last time that they recorded it was in 1992. So it'd be dead now. It could be. I haven't checked to see what was the last time it was heard. So here we have a sea creature that is unique in the entire ocean, much like the bloop might be unique in the entire ocean. Okay. But let's move on to the next sound. The next sound has been called upsweep. The American NOAA, initially responsible for the discovery of the blue, had also detected another unidentified underwater sound known as the upsweep. It got its name because of its existing as a series of narrow band upswinging noises that are several seconds long. The noise is so loud that they have been detected all throughout the Pacific Ocean but is coming from the deepest portions of the ocean. The most popular theory is that they may originate from volcanic activity, but it appears to be a seasonal phenomenon, with its greatest volume occurring in autumn and spring. So what causes it to change its volume? The heat? No one knows. Despite knowing the geographic location of the sound, the cause of the sound is yet to be explained. Nor is it known why the upsweep is decreasing in volume with each passing year. I have two versions of the sound, because scientists have sped it up so they could hear it more clearly. At 16 times speed, the upsweep sounds almost like an alarm. But at its original speed, the upsweep sounds like a chorus from hell. Oh, God. And considering it's coming from the deepest part of the oceans, that's where most of the theories are trying to say it is. Oh, my Lord.
1: I mean, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) What a
0: pun. All right, so this is the upsweep at 16 times speed. So that noise is coming from the very bottom of the ocean. That's crazy. And now I'll play you it in slow version. So that's noises that are coming from the bottom of the ocean you can see why people were saying oh my gosh that's the the bo- hell is open at the bottom of the ocean
1: huh wow that's pretty cool
0: mm-hmm but we don't know what causes it
1: that's gonna drive me crazy <laughs> I need to know
0: well if you thought that was gonna drive you crazy wait until you meet Julia The Julia sound was recorded on March 1st of 1999 by the NOAA once again. In fact, it has been detected on an annual basis since its discovery. Its origin appears to be just off the coast of South America. The spooky sound was named Julia and garnered its own fair share of speculation and theories as to what its source is. A common theory suggests that this is another sea monster, since the sounds are resembling howls deep within the ocean because it occurs on an annual basis it could be a creature migrating and this is some sort of a navigational call now the story of Julia gets even more intriguing when there are arguments that secret photographs exist taken by NASA's Apollo AA 35 which was a satellite that they had launched and it had taken pictures of the oceans from orbit These are thought to show a huge shadow moving through the waters in the southwest region of Cape Carter. This is the same location as the Julia Sound. The shadow is supposed to be larger than the Empire State Building, but the government has dismissed this as being an animal because of the argument that there is no such animal that could be that size. Since the image was never released to the public, they have created their own theories. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to play you Julia. Julia and you think it sounds like it could be a creature underwater
1: the first one the first noise just sounded like a whale call mm-hmm. then it sounded like talking
0: so I don't know they're
1: and there was that was music
0: and then that's what they're saying is that yeah well a whale song usually is very yeah not, I meant like music
1: what? like the horror depths of horror music <laughs> that you heard a few minutes ago
0: okay Uh, Exactly. So now we've heard multiple sounds that are unidentified, and any one of these could be a sea creature or some underwater phenomenon that is unlike anything we have here on the surface. So that's why I say the bloop being iceberg isn't 100% for me. Now, if we can take that a little bit farther and we do our imagination, we go into Chapter 4, an estimate of what a bloop looks like. Now most arguments for the bloop being a sea creature base it on the descriptions of the sound's similarity to a whale. So they'll utilize the strength of the sound to determine its size compared to a whale. Christopher Fox of Noah was one of the first to support the animal origin and comparisons to whales. Now we tend to think of dinosaurs as giants of the land and sea. The Mosasaur of prehistoric and Jurassic World fame could reach up to 50 feet in length. Which is roughly the size of a bus, so pretty large. Mm-hmm. However, the modern blue whale is the biggest animal on the planet of all time. The Meg? The Meg is the Meg, the size of the Meg was generally 20 feet at max. The Mosasaur was bigger than the Megalodon.
1: Megalodon? No, a Great Life's 20 feet.
0: N- hold on, let me pull this up.
1: I mean, the largest creature that's ever been in the ocean was the Megalodon.
0: A more reliable way of estimating the size of the megalodon shows that the extinct shark may have been bigger than previously thought and actually measures up to 65 feet, nearly the length of two school buses. Earlier studies had ballparked the massive predator to being about 50 to 60 feet long, so about the same size as a mosasaur. The blue whale is 110 feet. What? The blue whale is 110 feet long. It-
1: I didn't know
0: that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So we have a creature swimming in our oceans today that is so big that it is the length of, you know, four school buses. The blue whale, it does have the ability to make their whale songs cross at 188 decibels. So that's the strength of the signals that they make. A jet engine is only 140 decibels. So a blue whale is even louder than a jet engine. Whatever generated the bloop was much, much larger, more than three to four times larger. Their sound was four times larger than a jet engine. This would make the bloop as large as an entire football stadium. At that size, the bloop could withstand deep pressure and possibly exist as a bottom feeder. Unlike whales, which need to surface for air, the bloop would be more fish-like and would obtain its oxygen directly from the water, which explains the lack of any appearances on the surface. So now let's go into Chapter 5, Theories. So as we mentioned before, Noah's current theory is that it's an ice quake. There have been numerous ice quakes that share the same spectrograms as the bloop. However, the exact cause of ice quake that created the bloop has never been identified, and there is no definitive supporting evidence to prove that this was the cause. It's just the most acceptable and logical theory. Okay. So now, the second theory is the animal origin theory, which is what most people are, have is their favorites. I previously mentioned Noah's Christopher Fox, who was interviewed by a David Woolman for an article in New Scientist. He did not believe its origin was man-made, such as either by a submarine or a bomb, nor did he think it was a geographical event such as a volcano or an earthquake. At the time, he stated that the audio profile of the Bloop does resemble that of a living creature. The sound was a mystery because it was far more powerful than the calls made by any animal on Earth. Fox's hunch was that the sound nicknamed bloop is most likely come from some sort of animal because its signature is a rapid variation in frequency, just like those sounds made by marine animals. There was one crucial difference, however. In 1997, the bloop was detected by sensors up to 3,000 miles apart. That means that the bloop would have to be larger than any whale or any other animal noise for that matter. So is it even remotely possible that some creature bigger than any whale is lurking in the ocean depths? Or is it a smaller creature that is just more efficient at making loud noises?
1: (laughs) So who's to say the dinosaur is actually just
0: absolutely extinct? Well, that's just it. Most scientists say, yeah, dinosaurs went extinct. But how do they know? But... Because they're, cause they're, cause an actual dinosaur hasn't been caught and proven. Like the coelacanth, uh, a lungfish. fish that supposedly went extinct 65, 65 million years ago until someone caught, a fisherman caught one in his fishing net you know, in the early 20th century, proving that the fish still swims in the ocean. It Until we catch a live one or a dead one that we can prove actually exists nowadays, that's what would be required. True. So, could there be a giant sea creature that exists between the icebergs? Considering that the depths of the ocean are yet to be really explored, the fact that new discovered sea creatures appear every year, and that the idea of all of these sounds could be animal-based, does not completely rule out that the Bloop is an actual animal. Right. Now I have one more fun theory for you. This is the one that got the most uh, interest by the public. The Cthulhu theory.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> On the more extreme list of possible explanation is one that people suggest that the bloop was caused by H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos. Now, the reason b- reason they believe this is because of the location of the sound's origin is not far from the location of the sunken city of Rila, that hp lovecraft wrote into his books <laughs> when hp lovecraft created his cthulhu stories and created the sunken city of raya he gave it an actual location in the ocean that location in the ocean is only a thousand a thousand meters yeah it's only a thousand meters away from where they heard the blue so because of his proximity of where cthulhu supposedly existed in the literary world Many people said that Lovecraft was writing more nonfiction than fiction. Okay.
1: As much as I love Cthulhu, I love Lovecraft SBS. I
0: agreed. <laughs> but it makes <laughs> for great theories, you know, the pass on between people is that maybe Lovecraft, you know, knew more than he thought he was. And he was disguising it. It, it. it creates a great atmosphere.
1: Yeah. I guess.
0: All right. So now we've told everything we know about the bloop and about the different theories. There is popular culture behind it. Now, because the most accepted explanation of the bloop is that it was caused by an iceberg and not a sea creature, there just haven't been very many movies that utilize the bloop. Unfortunately. Now, there is one substitute, however. Oh,
1: my God. The bloop sunk the Titanic.
0: (laughs) That would be an interesting movie. But if you do want to watch a movie about a gigantic sea monster at the bottom of the ocean, you could watch 2020's Underwater, starring Kirsten Stewart. The plot of the movie is that it's an unknown massive earthquake happens at a drilling station at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. A scientific crew must find their way across the ocean floor to another station before the threats of deep pressure, dark water, dangerous deep sea creatures, and a constant lack of oxygen and they throw in a giant cthulhu like creature into the movie awesome so if you do yeah if you do want to see a bloop type creature in a movie then that would be my recommendation so putting all this together goldie and what are some of your final opinions
1: um the bloop i'm going to have to put it off to the iceberg the the Oh and yeah,
0: and so does ninety nine percent of the world. I mean, only
1: because there's so many other sounds that you've brought to my attention that Noah isn't doesn't have an answer for. So they're not. I don't think they're just trying to get people not to you know worry about it. They found their answer. But hey, these other ones might kill you. You know, we don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> Okay. Have fun.
1: Go play in the ocean.
0: Exactly. Now the bloop is an entertaining story, and it's um, fun to imagine that there's a creature out there that's basically four times the size of a blue whale. Yeah, I, I think mean, we
1: should like explore some of these other noises. And they sounded exciting.
0: Yeah, they just haven't gotten the publicity that the bloop um, always has. Well, that's. <sighs> oh well. Exactly. And you never know. I still need to
1: know about the lonely whale, though. That would that be an
0: interesting to follow up on, and I'll I'll try and see if I can track down any. When was the last time it was heard from? And we'll
1: start it. We'll just give the answer at the starting of next week.
0: Okay, I'll see what I can find.
1: Yeah, poor little whale. I know.
0: Very sad. Well, I mean, it
1: sad? That I hope he died.
0: Well, because he's lonely. <laughs> well, we don't know what we don't know what his situation is. He may be traveling I was with more other, than one, yeah. He may be traveling with other whales, just can't communicate with them. Uh, so he's a mute or he's talking and they can't hear him.
1: That'd be interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Well being sure to stay on the boat, I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. We want to give special thanks to David Vasilian and Vasilian Studios for the introduction music. We would we would like to ask you to please leave us a review on the podcast provider you are listening to this podcast on it helps promote our show we are on social media and would love to hear your stories and opinions about encounters with sea creatures of your own you can reach us on our facebook page within the Miss podcast and we're also on instagram and twitter plus we have an email at within the Miss podcast at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share We love stories and hearing about your own personal experiences. Also, we picked this week's episode because of the number of likes that the Bloop TikTok video had. So, please be sure to check out the daily videos on the Within the Mist TikTok page. And let us know which of those stories that you would like us to expand on for our podcast. We hope you enjoyed our stories about the Bloop and we will come again for another episode. Please spread the word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and sea monsters. Until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely and perhaps a bit more curious. Goodbye, everyone. Bloop, 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 bloop. bloop. I didn't know you even spoke a foreign language.
1: I speak (laughs) bloop.